And we're back. About damn time. Really? Seriously? Yeah, I think the drugs are kicking in. It's probably good because I'm topless. That's what all podcasts need. God, we are. Bad Philosophy, episode 88, recorded on March 29th, 2011. Some people talking about Bitcoin. Hello, everyone. Welcome and one to Bad Philosophy. We are upsetting your balance of reality through the magic of peer-to-peer currency this week, everybody. Yeah, that's right. We're going to be talking about Bitcoin. And uh, here to join us on the show, we have, oh my God, an actual guest on the show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, please welcome oh. Daryl Dwayne. Daryl, welcome to Bad Philosophy. Thanks, Stephen. So uh, we have kind of a tradition. Uh, first time you're, you're on an episode, you get to... Uh, Basically, spend a couple of minutes uh, telling us about your background and uh, why we should care about you. So, go. Great. Well, so I've uh, got a background in engineering, but I find my interests going all over the place. And I've found a lot of things about this uh, Bitcoin stuff that made me really intrigued. It's uh, just uh, a lot, a lot of things about challenges with the finances and challenges with the, the financial system has made me want to uh, let everybody know about this Bitcoin and how it's going to make a big difference in in our lives and, and uh, how, how we exchange value. Yeah, and we'll, we'll definitely dive a lot deeper into that. But, uh, I, you know, you have you have started a couple of Bitcoin related websites and uh, you definitely seem to be very involved in the uh, in the community at the moment. So uh, I'm you know really looking forward to uh, to what you'll be contributing to the show. Great. Cool. So, uh, also joining us today, we have a couple of uh, regulars, uh, including Mr. Kevin Saunders, straight from Oxford, Ohio. Kevin, how are you doing? Um, I just spilled Mike's harder lemonade on me. Oh, man. <laughs> well, hey, look at it this way. Maybe... So, overall, I'm doing okay. But... <laughs> it's, it's that much better that your liver will be feeling after this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Our first party foul of the show. Man, you didn't even make it like two minutes in, Kevin. <laughs> Well, uh, <clears throat> it happened like right as you were asking me the question, so I could have ignored it otherwise. But yeah. now I grab one of the nearby paper towels cool. because my apartment is a mess. So I always have nearby paper towels. I, you know, honestly, Daryl, I should have warned you about this before the show. But we we do tend to rabbit trail a little bit, and uh, you know, Kevin spilling things on himself is, believe it or not, not the first time that we've gone into this. So <clears throat> I expect some big spills tonight. I want yeah. I want some some epic. Epic spills. All right, Kiki. Well, you'll have to live up to that. Uh, also joining us here on the show, Kiki Cannon. Uh, what have you got to spill for us? Uh, currently, it is a blue moon Belgian white. Ooh, Such a better choice. Good, good choice. Uh, great yeah. choice. All right. Ha-ha, I win at beer. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> So, um, welcome everybody to the show. And uh, on this one, we, we're actually, I, I'm really enthused about this topic. Um, kind of, I, I came into it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, as most of you all know, I volunteer at the Goodwill Computer Museum. And uh, I just happened to be kind of sorting through some some of our hardware, uh, listening to uh, a rerun of Security Now. And uh, they were talking about this thing called Bitcoin and, and, you know, talking about currency and talking about generation and all in these these uh, these terms. And they, they sounded very, very intriguing, you know, words like cryptography and uh, public and private keys and, uh, you know, terms that I hadn't really heard 
talked, you know, it's mentioned in the same sentence before. So I got really curious about it, kind of later that day, uh, looked it up and read the description at Bitcoin.org. And uh, from then, you know, on, I, I just, I've been obsessed with this. <laughs> you know, there's really no better word for it. Um, I just see, as Daryl said, a, a heck of a lot of potential in the concept. So I kind of wanted to, to spend uh, a few minutes here at the beginning of the show just talking about what the heck Bitcoin is. And uh, I'll say a little bit, and I, I want Daryl to contribute a little bit, and then uh, Kevin and, and Kiki have also read this stuff. So I want to kind of flesh it out kind of as a group here. Uh, first off, uh, Bitcoin essentially started in 2007. Uh, it is a peer-to-peer digital currency. Uh, it was put together by a, a uh, Japanese, I believe he was a grad student at the time, uh, named Satoshi. And uh, he essentially laid out uh, a white paper that described a, uh, you know, a system of exchanging currency uh, purely over uh, peer-to-peer systems. So it's, uh, you know, to put it uh, very simply, which is kind of hard to do with Bitcoin, uh, everybody has uh, addresses, they have um, private and public keys that they generate on their system. And all the transactions via Bitcoin involve, uh, you know, exchanging these uh, keys from one, you know, exchanging value from one address to another. Now, there's this big distributed system that kind of hashes those transactions. And as the transactions get hashed, it creates the ability to have more transactions. So it's kind of a feedback loop that feeds into itself. Um, some consequences of this system are that it's uh, very easy to uh, see how much currency will be created over time. It's fixed how much currency will be created over time, so no inflation. And uh, everybody can sort of uh, verify all the transactions that happen. So it's it's impossible to kind of cheat uh, or forge money or duplicate money. Uh, and it's very easy to keep track of it all because it's digital. Um, so kind of, you know, Kevin, Kiki, Daryl, whoever wants to weigh in first, kind of what were your first impressions? What are some more confusions you have and anything you'd like to add to that brief description I just put out there. <laughs> yeah, this is great, Stephen. I, so I'd, I'd uh, been studying uh, computer science or electrical engineering in the late 90s and heard about this idea in the crypto or in the, in the cypherpunks uh, movement. And I was just waiting for someone to, to create it, and but I didn't really keep up with it. And then I came across uh, the Bitcoin details in a Slashdot article in December, and I was really jazzed to see that someone had finally come along and created uh, and kind of put together some of the missing pieces with uh, the whole distributed peer-to-peer aspects of it and using the, the digital signatures and, and all the rest of it. Yeah, it's, it's uh, worth noting that, that this isn't really the first time that, that uh, we have made a foray into digital currency. There was uh, eCash and eCache uh, in the 90s, uh, both sort of digital currencies that uh, failed because they, they were not distributed. They were still uh, relatively centralized, and they didn't get a, a hell of a lot of adoption. Uh, Bitcoin, I think, is, is different because it's sort of it gets to the very roots of, like you said, the, the cyberpunk idea of uh, no one person controls the system. It is distributed. It is an algorithm. It's just sort of set in motion, and it operates, and it works because everybody uh, contributes. So, you know, Kevin, as you were kind of uh, reading over this, what, what were kind of your first impressions of, of the idea, and uh, what were some kind of confusions you had about uh, how it all works? Well, it's it's really interesting that this this has come up for me 
in a time where I've really been thinking heavily about money. And not to say that I'm, I don't have any money, although I don't, because I'm a poor grad student, but there's, a, there's a, another podcast called Planet Money, and they've sort of been investigating money recently and how money works. And I, it's been slowly dawning on me that, in my opinion, money only has value because we say it does. Precisely. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit more later. And so, and then all of a sudden, there, there comes this, comes Bitcoin, which is this system, which is basically these things have, there's, there's nothing behind it. And, and there's no pretension of anything behind it. It's an exchange of, of it's, it's a way of keeping track of debts and, and solely that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that may not be the best way of explaining it, but it's, it's sort of, it's acknowledging that their money is nothing but an agreement. Um, which, which really, I mean, I dug, I, I seriously dug that whole idea because that's all it is. Um, if we, if we don't get to it later, um, definitely all of our listeners should look up the Island of Yap, um, which was conveniently, um, mentioned on the Bitcoin main page uh, in that little video that's there, Yeah. but also something I've been looking into recently as well, where they have giant six foot tall stone coins. Um, which really illustrate how money doesn't have to be a thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it can just so, be a so big I would, rock. I'm really into this. <laughs> um, the not downsides, but the the problem I have maybe is is, and I think it's being addressed, is distribution. Mm. Um, in that I don't have any bitcoins right now. I have actually that's not true. I have five, and we don't have terms for it yet either. I have point zero five bitcoin. Like five <laughs> you, have, you have 50, 50 bit cents then, or, point, 50 or 5 bit cents. I have 5 bit cents then, yeah. um, which I got from the bit faucet, which is, you know, a convenient way to get 5 bit cents. So, so this is a really good point. I mean, uh, the first question a lot of people ask after kind of finding out about, oh man, I mean, Bitcoin is this a great idea, so how do I get some Bitcoin? Um, Daryl, I think you'd be the perfect person to ask. Like, so as a person coming into this... How do you get Bitcoin? How does yeah, how do you, sure. how do you generate it? How do you make it? How do you get it? Yeah, there's a lot of different ways. The the Bitcoins are being generated uh, and kind of freely given away by running servers, running processes that solve very hard computational problems. I'm not going to get into the mathematics of it, but essentially it's it's open season for anybody to run. One of their miners, we think about this as an analogy to gold mining, and generate some Bitcoins. Now, it used to be really easy to do this. It's getting harder and harder uh, by the day to do this. So now people are joining pools, and they're collaborating together to mine them. And that's the most success I've had uh, to get get coins freely available from the process that's, that's happening. Yeah. You can also get Bitcoins by purchasing them. Right, and, and uh, I mean, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the exchanges uh, in a second here, but this idea of generation is kind of at the heart of how the Bitcoin system works. Um, the, what, what you're actually doing, what, what, uh, what you're doing when you uh, run the Bitcoin program and, and click on generate uh, is, is to essentially create a block that, uh, that contains the data of all the transactions that have occurred in the Bitcoin network uh, up to that point, and uh, and you do this by uh, essentially solving hashes, and uh, we'll give some links to, to exactly how this works. But it's essentially a very CPU-intensive process, and 
In fact, uh, graphics cards tend to do this process a little bit better. Uh, but by creating these hashes from the previously <coughs> completed transactions, you actually create the ability for there to be more transactions. Uh, so when you solve what's called a block, um, you essentially create more currency. Um, now, if you, if you mine just by yourself, you get that block and that gives you 50 Bitcoin. Uh, if you contribute to a pool, uh, there are different ways of breaking it up, but you usually get some sort of a proportion of the, uh, of the 50 Bitcoin that the pool uh, gains in, in proportion to you know, how much you contributed, how much your graphics card or your CPU contributed to solving that block and pushing the system forward. But I, I really like just, how, uh, just how, um, how much of a feedback loop it is, how meta it is, that you're actually uh, you know, putting in cycles to perpetuate the system, and that in turn gives you more money to perpetuate the system. <laughs> so it's, That's right. It's a wonderful yeah, little it, cycle. <laughs> yeah. Now, it should be noted that this um, generation of coins is going to end at some point. Sure. The ability to do that. Uh, only 21 billion coins are ever going to exist at the most. Uh, there's about 5 million right now. And the, uh, every four years, uh, the, the number uh, reward that you get for solving this block uh, gets split in half. So in the next uh, two years or so, instead of getting 50 Bitcoins, you're only going to get 25. And uh, eventually there won't be uh, any. And there'll be other, other ways of keeping the system alive. But, uh, but yeah, well, but not point, generation. Actually have to, you get Bitcoins the same way we get money in the real world, which is creating a product or a service and exchanging them for money. Sure. I mean, uh, which, right which now, can be done now as well. Yeah, that's and, right. And, but now we're sort of at the point of like, uh, you know, we're, we're in the very early stages of, uh, you know, folks discovering oil, for instance. Uh, there's not a lot of oil out there. Or, well, let's, let's put it in terms of gold because it's a, you know, it can't be converted to something else. Um, there's not a lot of gold out there, but there's a lot in the mountains. And so the, the guys who, you know, go out there and actually mine the gold, well, they get a lot of gold nuggets and then they can sell them. Um, but as time goes on, you know, less and less gold remains in the mountains, but more gold is kind of out there floating around in society that you can, you know, trade for other things or, you know, trade things for it. Um, and, and so, you know, it's, it's really the idea of, of uh, people going out and mining gold, it works in this case, but it's sort of like <laughs> that you're, you're mining, it, it doesn't, it, the analogy doesn't go all the way, uh, but it's a good, it's a good kind of starter. Uh, so, Kiki, you, you haven't really been uh, able to contribute much at this point, but uh, kind of what, what's, uh, what were your first impressions of this, uh, this whole system, and uh, kind of what do you, do you still have some questions of, or, uh, or doubts about it? Uh, honestly, my first impression of it when you sent me the link was, wow, the site's available in Esperanto. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you so... linguist. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm like the worst person to have on an economics-based show well, no, because I, I think... want to set every economist in the world on fire. Uh, well, why is that? <laughs> but I think I think so do the people who like Bitcoin. But kind of elaborate on that a little bit, well, Kiki. Just, like, what what are your frustrations? I my frustrations is that you know I am I am not a a stupid or slow person, but I look at all this and my brain just turns to mush. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I don't understand. It's like, okay, you've decided there's going to be 21 million of these. So why all the pretense? Just put 21 million of these out there and tell people start, you know, buying them or whatever the hell you're going to do. I don't know. It's like, I don't understand. 
Well, sort um, of any economic flow other than, you know, I do work, you give me a thing, I give you a thing, you give me food. You know, like... I kinda, <laughs> kind the, of... The way I understand it is, is sort of like... Um, I, I, you know, it, it's, it's, there's, there's a, a few necessary factors to any good currency. Um, and one, the, the Bitcoin, one of the Bitcoin articles that, uh, that we went through kind of goes through them uh, briefly. But um, these are the, the five factors that they identify. Uh, divisibility, durability, fungibility, scarcity, and uh, value add. Uh, and yeah, I think... I read, whole, I read that whole article and I still, I was like, okay... Well, and, and the reason for the uh, for the, the kind of the ramping up to that twenty one million is scarcity. You know, you don't you don't want there to be it's it's if there if somebody just uh, you know plopped out a bunch of gold, uh, you know, or a bunch of paper or a bunch of any other kind of currency and said, you know, here go to town. Well, you know, everybody has a bunch of it, and there's no there's no real reason to to value it. And, and it's, okay, value is not based on scarcity. It's it's you know kind of a, a simplistic analogy, but for for the purposes of this podcast, we'll just say that that scarcity and a ramping up of uh, of the amount is vital to the currency's <laughs> success, <laughs> um, and it's mainly I think it has to do uh, deeply with inflation. Uh, one of the things we've seen with with paper currencies is that it is possible to just create more paper currency arbitrarily uh, without you know there's no time at which we'll have a stable number of dollar bills in well, circulation what's about that Stephen, is is nowadays with the fed we don't even create more dollar bills when we when we mess with inflation no no physical we dollar really, bills we, yeah we change a decimal point <laughs> um the guys in the federal reserve bank decide they want to increase inflation or increase the money supply by a certain amount and so they go put that money they they, they what they do is they buy things. Mm -hmm. They buy things with made up money and they change numbers in a computer and thus more money exists. Yeah, currency is already very digital. But so in one sense, uh, we're already kind of past the point of paper money. But you can think of it as like, you know, a constantly running printing press that's constantly printing more and more and more. Um, and, it's, and it's a matter of predictability. I mean, in the case of Bitcoin, we can predict how many uh, Bitcoin are going to be in the system at any particular time uh, from how the rules have been laid out. That is impossible to do with traditional currency, with paper Unless currency. Unless you run the Fed. Unless you run the Fed, yeah. <laughs> so There's it, one dude with this power and everyone <laughs> wants to kill him. So this sort of gets at, at one of the, the primary uh, things that, that, that got me interested in Bitcoin was this idea of, well, let's take power away from these guys that have the you know, the ability to just change a decimal point, and let's put it into the hands of the people. You know, let's take the, the determiner from the hands of a person and put it into an algorithm. And, uh, you know, Daryl, you mentioned it's, it's a very cyberpunk attitude. Can you kind of uh, expand on that a little? Well, there's, uh, yeah, there's certainly something about being able to have knowledge of what the system is going to do and having a security in the, 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 the stability of knowledge and if uh, we all have that knowledge at a given time then, then we can make different decisions what Whereas is the, what is i'm just i want to go yeah. off on kind of a rabbit trail here yes what is cyberpunk in your, in your opinion? Yeah, so the, yeah so the word is the word is actually cypherpunk these are people who understand the value of cryptography and understand by neil stephenson yeah that's a that's a good place to, to start certainly uh but there's, this, there's an idea that 
cryptography and rights to privacy of information and the, all the abilities that come with public key, private key infrastructures, the rest of these things allow for a lot of security and and, and safety and and determinism to, to happen. Uh, so I think that's the best way I can explain it. But I hmm. think it's really important to think about the, the power that comes with cryptography and and to, to, to know that cryptography often has been re regulated the same way as traditional arms and munitions have been regulated. Mm. And, and in this way, it's sort of like giving those arms to everyone rather than having them, right. them controlled by you know, a certain group. Yeah, because, yes. I, I mean, and this, this is the thing, uh, the fundamentals behind Bitcoin are in a white paper. They're completely open source. They're completely you know, open to anyone who wants to take a look and see uh, exactly how this whole system works. And they're not going to change. I mean, this this system is already running out there, and uh, there's there's no way to change it at this point. I, I you know part of um, my research going into this was listening to a fantastic podcast by the folks over at uh, Omega Tau, uh, science and engineering in your headphones. Uh, they actually got to interview Gavin Andreessen, who is the technical lead of the Bitcoin project. And uh, one of the things he said is, is sort of, you know, in virtue of the way that the system has been built up to this point, it is, it is impossible for someone to come in and try to change the rules. If you just, uh, you know, maybe change the value on your one uh, Bitcoin peer and said, you know, oh, well, I actually have, you know, 10 million Bitcoin. Uh, everybody's going to kind of, you know, the peers on the network are going to go, yeah, no. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's even if you got, you know, a bunch of people to go, we have 10 million Bitcoin, this whole network of everyone is going to go, uh, you know, no, that doesn't hash with, you know, all 150, 160,000 blocks that have come before. You know, that's simply impossible. Uh, so it's you know it's very it's a very robust system and that sort of self polices just in virtue of how it has been built. So Kevin, kind of you you had some some additional thoughts I kind of cut you off on, but could, could you continue there? Um, I don't I don't remember where I was. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, no, I I like I mean this this it's the idea that that money has value. Here's, yeah, let's talk about that. Uh, let's just um, let's just go go completely. Yeah. you know, sidetrack into that. <laughs> here's here's the thing. Here's here's the way I look at it. Recently, Glenn Beck has been telling people to buy gold, <laughs> and I have an, an almost instinctual aversion to do the exact opposite of whatever Glenn Beck tells me to do. <laughs> yeah, um, I th I'm pretty sure that's evolutionary. <laughs> yeah, I think we all have that. Yeah. But that, that exists, and so I I I question that, and I'm starting to say, well, why is why is gold valuable? Um, and and there's a lot of people, um, including you know Ron Paul uh, um, and and other of his kin, who've really been pushing for us to get back onto the gold standard, where you know one dollar is worth a certain amount of gold, just period, um, or or a hundred dollars is worth a certain amount of gold, and just you know scaled appropriately. But I I sort of question like where. Why why is gold valuable? And and it goes to this idea of scarcity. Well, okay, gold is relatively fixed. There is a finite, more or less, um, amount of gold in the universe. You you can't really just make more of it. Right. Um, in the same way that you can make paper bills. And I'm like, okay, well that's useful. That's good to know. It's it's fixed, so you can't make more of it. I can't just become rich by creating gold, which is I mean what the alchemists wanted to do from the beginning. Was you know create gold from nothing and and win. Well, and now we sort of have that sort of alchemy with 
the dollar and with the euro. I mean, the, well, the yeah, modern, no, I mean, the we, modern we, controllers we of the Fed. Them out of nothing. Yeah, they're, they're alchemists in, in, I mean, the purest but, sense of their philosophical in, term. In that, in that sense, this is, this is also a form of alchemy. I mean, you're creating a currency out of bits in a computer. Yeah, but well, it's, uh, it's sort of, you know. Yeah. But that's the whole thing is that, is that the, the, the reason we give gold value, which is sort of the question I'm going to, is, you know, because it's shiny. That's that's what it gets to is because the value doesn't doesn't isn't intrinsic in the gold. The value is what I can do with it. Yeah, you know, and that's that's one thing. Island, I'd rather have mm. a potato than a piece of gold. And, and and that's one thing Gavin Andreessen did say. I mean, we initially valued gold for its aesthetic appeal. You know, it was, it was shiny. It was easy to kind of mold onto other things. And then you know we sort of discovered that it, hey, it kind of works well as a currency. It's dense, so you can kind of you can carry uh, you know a lot of it in a small space. Uh, but the thing is, and this, this goes back to sort of the, the definition of what makes good money, um, yes, gold definitely has scarcity down, but it is not particularly fungible. Uh, in this case, well, okay, no, it, gold is not fungible, but uh, divisible. Sorry, that's the one I'm going for. Um, yeah. yeah, you can you can divide gold down to kind of the molecular level, but it's you know, really hard to trade like grams of gold in everyday operation. You know, they're really, they're really well, small. Relative, <laughs> yeah. relative to what Bitcoin offers. I mean, yeah. <laughs> in the past, gold has been great in these ways for what was available technologically wise. So. Yeah, but the thing with Bitcoin is, is you can divide it down to what would essentially be the molecular level of gold and still trade it with precision. Uh, you can go actually down to uh, eight decimal places. That's kind of where it's been it's been um, hashed out to. And then uh, you know it's, everybody sort of goes to to two decimal places for regular transactions. But it is divisible far more than that, um, which is you know really cool. Uh, it's also trackable. So every every Bitcoin transaction uh, that goes on, you know, you sign it with your public key. So it's it, everything is traceable. Everything is verifiable. If you pass gold to somebody. Well, you don't know what whose hands it's passed through. It's kind of like that that old uh, saying that that a dollar bill has you know has like trace amounts of every sort of drug imaginable on it. It's right. like so you can sort of trace it that way, but you don't know which drug dealers it's actually passed through the hands of. <laughs> now, this is not to say that um, that someone can find out what money you're spending on uh, on the Bitcoin network. You can generate as many uh, public uh, and private keys uh, pairs as you want. Uh, in fact, you can generate a new one for every single transaction. So it really is like kind of impossible for people to find out all the transactions you've done unless they steal your uh, your wallet file on your computer. Which, by the way, if you are running Bitcoin, you should definitely encrypt that because it is like if you're if you're it's on an money. open network. Yeah, it's like having your wallet out there on a table. <laughs> yeah, it's money. Um, so, you know, getting, you know, I, I, you bring up an excellent point, Kevin, that, that people sort of take this for granted that, uh, you know, gold is, has intrinsic value or it's valuable because it's scarce. But no, really, it's, it's valuable because, because it allows us, well, it, it allows us to, to get the things we want to, to trade, to, to put, you know, a standard, uh, you know, delineated value on goods and services and trade those goods and services. Uh, but that's exactly what Bitcoin does too, except it lets us do it better in a better way. So it's really like pragmatically better to use Bitcoin than to use gold. That's that's where I see the advantage. Okay, well here's Go sorry. Go ahead, Keith. Here's, here's my problem with it, and and it's 
it's it's a thing with all computer geeks you know that that pretty much everyone's like oh yay this is going to be the best thing ever because you know no one will ever find a way to monopolize this and it's so not true i mean at the very least you'll just have a larger than usual group of computer geeks controlling the system <laughs> i mean my my father can't figure out how to install a BitTorrent client now. Oh yeah. You know he's not going to be able to figure out how to mine Bitcoin. Well, he's and, not, you and know, here's and the until deal. until the system is is super easily available at, at the kindergarten level for everyone, it's not going to be usable except for an elite group. Hmm. I, you and know, I, I agree with that. Problem. I, and, and at this point, it really, it's not quite to that point. I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, the Bitcoin software is in beta. Uh, mining is still very, very important. We are in that stage. But the thing is, as Daryl kind of explained earlier, as the system gets, uh, as it gets harder and harder to mine, it will be, you know, more and more of an obscure thing. Like, there aren't too many actual miners anymore in the world. You know, you don't see, like, a gold <laughs> rush to, to anywhere in the world. Actually, you do if you watch the Discovery Channel. Oh, yeah. Well, there <laughs> That's is a great Africa. point. <laughs> which, was, which was horrible and, uh, I would say, almost... Uh, had to be intentionally homoerotic. Oh yeah, the, just... the the guys from Deadliest Catch are doing a show about miners, right? Yeah, yeah. They were, it, it it was about five guys going out into the wilderness to find a glory hole. Kid you not. <sighs> and and the lead guy's name, honest to God, was Jack Hoffman. Hmm. Well, there you so, go. Uh, yeah, it, it had to be. It, they they had to do that intentionally. I'm not believing that that just fell into somebody's lap. You know. <laughs> So to speak. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Daryl, you were saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you were complimenting me. See, I kind of wanted you to go yes. farther on that, on that you know, little, little trail. There. That's <laughs> how you become a regular on the show, Daryl. You compliment Steven. What, Kiki? You've never, you have Kiki, you've never paid me a episode. single compliment. I have well, to. It, 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 you know, it's, it's, the, the journey for Bitcoin is going to be very interesting. I, I'm following it quite avidly. And I'll be interested to see how it does become mainstream and how much it does become easier. And, and there's a lot of people that want to make it easier. Well, and the neat thing about this is that it is, Bitcoin is like its own mini IPO for the open source community. Because everybody who invests time and energy into creating tools and Android applications and all the rest of this likely is going to be also investing in some Bitcoin. And thereby getting some kind of payoff as the decimal point um, goes down for what we use. I, I expect we're going to be dealing in millibut bitcoins at some point, well, whether and, it's the next it, year or the next five, ten years. I don't know. And it's worth it to note right now that uh, that Bitcoin, one Bitcoin, sort of to put this in perspective, is equivalent to about uh, 0.85 uh, dollars, 85 cents. So it's about, and it has been sort of fluctuating around that value for, for about a month now. Uh, so it's it's roughly equivalent, like one Bitcoin, roughly equivalent to one dollar, which, you know, all right, that's, you know, it's it's getting there. And it's and it's uh, gone up in value, I think, what, 200 times over the last two years uh, or one year. It's, it's, you know, it's it's rising in value relative to the euro and, and the, the dollar and other world currencies very quickly. 
And, uh, you know, so it's really, it's kind of starting to become a, a compelling option for a lot of business people, uh, including yourself, Daryl. I mean, you, you sort of yourself have, uh, have made inroads in making uh, it easier for people to acquire Bitcoin uh, through your, uh, your Bitcoin bonus site. You That's kind right. of offer ways for people to get kickbacks uh, in Bitcoin for buying products at, you know, places that they usually buy. I mean, Newegg and Amazon, and Airbnb. Uh, so, you know, kind of, could you talk a little bit more about what got you yeah. into that? Sure, that's right, Steve. Well, you know, one of the first things I realized about Bitcoin was how easy it was to send. And that is such a, a key part of it. It's, it, you know, within five minutes, a, a transaction gets validated and then the cost of sending things out. So I'd heard of these other sites, Ebates and BatWallet, um, and you can do the same thing at those, but it, it takes uh, a time and, and they're going to spend a lot of money actually in the process of distributing those rewards back out to you, whether it's through PayPal, whether it's through a check in the mail, that sort of thing. So I immediately thought, well, I want Bitcoin to be available. I want people to feel like there's, they can get a hold of it. So I said, okay, let me see if I can sign up for some affiliate programs. And sure enough, there were some great rewards that I'm able to, be, to distribute uh, in the form of Bitcoins. And, and so I've gone and signed up for a lot of great retailers and other stores that I think uh, people particularly in the Bitcoin community would be interested in and now it's just a matter of shopping through the links that I offer and uh, sure enough I can I can track that and collect that data and then distribute Bitcoins as a reward for the shopping that happens. Um, now, kind of, how are, how are you really doing that behind the scenes, though? Because at, at this point, there there are a couple of Bitcoin exchanges. That the biggest one is is MTGOX, MTGOX dot org dot com, uh, I believe, and uh, it it allows you to kind of uh, buy and sell Bitcoin with uh, a number of international currencies, and you can do it through. Um, you know, exchangers like Liberty Reserve or PayPal, uh, or there's, you know, like you said, a guy you can literally send a check or cash in the mail to who will <laughs> deposit that and then transfer the amount of Bitcoin uh, that that will buy to you uh, for a small transaction fee. Um, That's I mean, right. are, are you doing it all uh, digitally? Are you going through an exchange for your site? Yes, I, I certainly I use Mt. Gox. I also use uh, the guy you mentioned, Bitcoin Morpheus, uh, okay. to, to, to purchase uh Bitcoins, and I certainly have used uh, some of the others that are out there as well. Have you actually and sent him cash, or have you done it otherwise? I have. Uh, <laughs> conveniently enough, um, Bitcoin Morpheus is right here in the Washington, D.C. area where I'm out of, and I've oh. uh, met him and, and worked with him uh, in at uh, some of the Bitcoin meetups we've had. And uh, But, you know, the, what I, the other thing is that in order for Bitcoin to become more available and more useful, we need to know who we can exchange Bitcoins with and we may want to do that in person or, you know, with, with, with cash, with, with checks that we, we deliver directly. So I've also started a site called Bitcoin Cambio. Mm -hmm. Cambio is kind of what you'd, you'd find if you were uh, looking for an exchange in a, in a Spanish-speaking country. Uh, but you can just imagine on travel where, you, where you're looking to do that. So this is going to be a place where anybody who's willing to, to exchange Bitcoins at a given time, not necessarily that they're doing it all the time, can list their contact information and the geography and the currencies that they're willing to um, exchange in. Uh, so that's uh, bitcoincambio.com. That's uh, a place to list your information and, and as a directory. That, and see, that is really cool. I mean, because I think it's, it, it's going to be more and more valuable for people as this sort of you know, grows as a grassroots movement. Uh, to offer those sorts of services locally, because you know not everyone feels comfortable with you know mailing money, <laughs> like mailing Absolutely. actual cash. Uh, 
I don't really like checks. I don't even have a checkbook. Um, I, you know, kind of deplore them, but I find myself needing them a little bit more here recently, which is unfortunate. Um, and then, you know, online exchanges like PayPal or, or uh, Liberty Reserve often charge, uh, you know, transaction fees that, that kind of cut into your, uh, your you know, value that, that you're actually going to get for that money. So if you can, um, you know, kind of get with somebody locally and actually hand them cash or, or transfer to them via some other uh, means, uh, you know, there's there was um, a tool that that uh, somebody uh, flagged me down for and actually plugged at uh, South by Southwest called Venmo. That's a, a competitor to PayPal that does not charge transaction fees for personal uh, transactions. They just join them today. Yeah, uh, they essentially subsidize the personal transactions with uh, commercial transactions uh, and and uh, transaction fees on commercial. Uh, businesses, so you know, I, I can, I would. Are you going to offer Venmo as as a way of uh, of exchange? Hopefully soon. <laughs> sure, yeah. whatever works. There's a uh, Pop Money is a big one. Douala is another one. There's a lot of people doing a lot of different things, trying to make it easier for us to exchange value, and that's a really exciting time. Yeah. Now, now, what is what is Douala? I hadn't heard of that one. Douala is uh, another kind of PayPal competitor. I don't know too much about them. They're they're a startup. And uh, they've got some really nice rates. It's uh, something like twenty-five cents to do a, a basic transaction. Oh, cool! So, and, and I mean, is it flat fee or do, or do they do and percentage? They're flat fee. Yeah, that's oh, the thing. Oh, wow! That's that's fantastic. Um, while we're at it, Square is another one. Square gives you this little little thing that you plug into your cell phone, and it's a swiper for your credit for a credit card. Yeah, can, we love yeah. the Square. <laughs> yeah. uh, my friend Matt actually actually has one. Um, yeah, so so it's it's really neat that that we're we're getting this sort of uh, control kind of over our over our finances that we've never really had before in human history. I mean, you know, th- this this ability to exchange value, to track value, to uh, you know, really precisely delineate value, uh, it allows us to to put you know much more precision uh, numbers on the things that we trade back and forth. Uh, you know, and already there are vendors that are accepting Bitcoin. Uh, for goods and services, a uh, lot of lot of uh, geeky stuff, you know, web hosting and uh, domain registration for now. But uh, some things like you list on on your site, uh, you know, a tea company in New Mexico uh, that, that right. accepts Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, people are taking to this. People are are curious, and and the other kind of trend I'm noticing is that there's a lot of people thinking about what uh, what money is uh, is all about. Uh, the other thing. There's a lot of uh, local currencies that are emerging here in Washington D.C. We have the Potomac's. It's a, named after a local river here. Um, it's similar to Ithaca dollars and and uh, some some other places. But we're also seeing that some of the state legislatures are looking at what it would take for the individual states to issue their own dollars, own own currencies, if uh, things change. And hmm. it's still in the startup. But uh, people are thinking about these things. Well, I think I think the state should just adopt Bitcoin. Honestly, <laughs> they, the, the state should invest in a bunch of uh, a bunch of rooms to fill with uh, with graphics cards and you know mine some Bitcoin to to give out to the peoples. But well, see, that's that's one of those things is that it's it's not it's never going to catch on until I can pay my taxes in Bitcoin. Right. Or I can buy my food in Bitcoin. I mean, right now, it's yes, there are people who are doing it, and it's kind of a novelty. Um, and it may, it may be, you know, but right now, it seems like pretty much the only people who 
You know what I'm saying? I yeah, mean, no, I know what you I'm mean. Not it's, sure it's, if a very, really it, it's a very geeky thing at the moment. Um, you know, but like you said, until until the point where your dad can install, uh, you know, a Bitcoin client and and use it, it's not going to to see wide adoption. But you know, I I mean, peer to peer file sharing, BitTorrent started very much the the same way. I know BitTorrent isn't you know quite there yet, but you know, peer to peer file sharing grew very rapidly and virally as people built better and better tools to take advantage of the underlying technologies. And you didn't have to really understand what was going on to see the benefit of, well, in, the, in that case, free music. <laughs> in, <laughs> in this case, uh, not necessarily free money, but better money. So, I, you know, I think... As, as... But I think, I think that, that free music is a lot easier sell than, <laughs> hey, if we take it out of the hands of the Fed, then, you know, I mean... Tell me how many percentage of Americans can really tell you who's in charge of the Fed right now or what it does. No, I mean, no, honestly. I think, I think a greater percentage after the, the 2008 financial crisis. And, and I've, been, I've been reading a lot on this uh, subject recently. And it's, it's interesting to kind of see and, and you know, to talk with, with my peers uh, and you know, see, see the, sort of the, the understanding uh, grow out there among people of you know, exactly what is behind the system. Because you know, often we, we take it uh, for granted that there's you know, a money system working until it breaks, or until it breaks, obviously, and affects something tangible, like, oh, I don't know, your ability to sell your house, uh, or your ability to get a loan. <laughs> I mean, those are, those are tangible or things that people that come I up against. Or the fact that I still don't have a job. Exactly. Yay. Yeah, that, and, and that's a perfect example. So I think this is, you know, really the perfect time for Bitcoin to blossom, when people are thinking about, you know, what is value, what is money, how can, you know, this, this, this magic behemoth called the financial system uh what does it do why does it hurt us and how can we keep it from hurting us you know what are some tools that we can use to fight back uh you know that's that's a very powerful thing you know as we're seeing the the revolutions in in the middle east of you know people want to take it back political control um i really would love to see some sort of a financial revolution here in america as people become more and more fed up with the fed and with fractional reserve banking and these other, you know, magic uh, sleight of hand moves that uh, that put us greater and greater in debt and ultimately don't help uh, the average citizen at all. But rant, I still think it's complete. the same thing. <laughs> I, I still think it's the same thing. I mean, we didn't... I kind of hate to say this, but it's almost like the NRA thing. You know, it's not necessarily the the currency system that was a problem. It's people gaming the currency system that's yeah. a problem. It is, and but we're it's... we're looking for it and I, I, I do agree with that idea, Kiki, and, and I understand your 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 hesitancy and I, I certainly agree with certain parts of it. But the idea that I'm 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 this is all still very new to me, so I'm I'm still trying to phrase my, my responses, but it's such a thing that Bitcoin is another way of exchanging value. I don't know. I, I'm not one of those those you know future true believers that thinks Bitcoin will ever replace the U.S. dollar um, or or any any government funded currency for a number of reasons. Mainly because the governments don't want to give up their currencies. They like them. Yeah. But I think because all money is really trying to do is exchange value. Is saying I'm giving you uh, a carved wooden statue 
which I, are actually being sold with Bitcoin, I think, if I remember the, the trading page. Um, I'm giving you this, and you're saying it's worth X to you. It's worth something to you. And in the oldest days, we would barter. And barter became a hassle because it's hard to cut a chicken in half and keep it alive if you want the eggs. <laughs> Um, and so we, we moved to currency of any sort to sort of mitigate the barter system in that I, I can give you a chicken is worth $5. I can give you $5 and you can get $5 worth, worth of service and eventually buy your own chicken. But so here's the thing. It's a way it, of mitigating value. Yeah, that's all currency and, is. And that's true, but it's still barter at its lowest form. The all of it difference is. is. The only difference is this is government and legal backed barter yeah but you know that backing that backing quote unquote has proven itself to to have very little uh spine to it in my opinion and and that is that is one of the things that that we've realized you know this this promise of you know well we will ensure this currency we will uh you know protect your investments uh has really been shown to be extremely hollow and it is at its core it is hollow uh, so, you know, Bitcoin is a way for us to go, no, we, we see that this system is, in a, in a sense, backed by its own integrity, by its source code, by its design. The system works because people believe in it. And I think that's true of any currency. Yeah. Any currency has value because people believe in it. But I'm and more so inclined... People that, that believe in Bitcoin, that use Bitcoin, the, the greater its durability, the greater its inherent value will be. Yeah. And, and it's yeah, just going to be a matter of people understanding that that it is that that there is more certainty involved that this that the system will be predictable that it will be um, you know understandable that it will be consistent in the case of Bitcoin than it is for you know a fractional reserve system of you know U.S. or European currency uh, that that is much better to put something like money in uh, in the control of money under the, the reins of a computer algorithm than under the whims of a human being. Because we all know that, well, I, you know, maybe we don't all know this, but at <laughs> least in the case of money, money definitely corrupts people and causes them to do very bad things, very self-interested things, and... Olivia! <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Bernie Madoff. Um, you know. <laughs> and uh, and it never ends up well. You know, we can, we can trust, uh, you know, Fanny and Freddie for giving us houses until they don't exist anymore. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we should, we should learn our lesson, and I, I hope that, that maybe we have this time. We'll see. <laughs> but at least, at the very least, even if Bitcoin never gets huge, it provides an alternative, which is extremely, extremely important. Right now, the Internet is the alternative to uh, mainstream channels of media distribution, of information distribution, and I would love to see it become an alternative in, uh, in currency distribution, too. I think it, it makes perfect sense. It sure does. Yeah, I really like this line of thinking here that this is going to be an alternative. It's not going to be be all end all. It's not going to replace everything. But we can, as a group of developers and consumers and users of Bitcoin, make of it what we want. And it's so interesting to see the community reacting to it and talking about it and brainstorming about it on the Bitcoin forums. Yeah, it's really it's really evolving week by week. I mean, people are building better tools for mining. People are are, are building better exchanges, better pools. Uh, you know, it's it's a very uh, you know, user driven process. And and like you said, it's it's extremely exciting just to see the activity around it. That's a very very organic movement. <laughs> yeah, uh, very, and, and it's 
getting a lot of people to ask really important questions about what does value mean and, and why are we using money in the first place and why are, why are we having these other problems and, and maybe there's even better ways of coordinating the distribution of goods and services among one another that uh, will, will evolve out of Bitcoin. I, I can only hope for as much. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I, I, I love the conversation that we've had. And, uh, you know, honestly, I think we could, we could spend hours and hours on it. Uh, but I do want to spend a little bit of time here at the end of the show doing our, our traditional form squeeze. <clears throat> form squeeze. <laughs> form squeeze. <laughs> form squeeze. Okay. We're going to, you know, <laughs> so many... So many parts of this show have evolved from my inability to speak at certain times. <laughs> I mean, hello, every welcome. Uh, that's the only one I can think of right now. But I'm sure there are more. I'm sure there are more. I'm sure our listeners could tell you. But you know from what? From now on, this will be our official form squeeze. <laughs> this, will, this will be the form squeeze. <laughs> All right. So which, uh, which should we squeeze first? Which one of these questions? Um. Um, ooh. Oh, uh, looks like it from the Philosopher or maybe just uh, a dinosaur, comes the question, when is the best time to die? And uh, because... Where did you get this question? This is a... Oh, wait. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm, I'm actually looking at my personal form spring. I should probably... <laughs> I should... <laughs> I'm like, I'm not seeing this question on here. <clears throat> I should probably log out of that. Um, okay. Uh, anyways, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let one of y'all look at it while I try to log in here. Okay. <clears throat> um, here's one. How do I know if I'm an adolescent, and how do I stop? Oh, uh, what, what the hell is an adolescent? Not a word that I've never heard before, but I can kind I of think, guess what it means. I hmm. think that the the first step is to uh, refrain from using words like an adolescent. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that is first and foremost. So, uh, okay. The other thing is get the hell out of your parents' house. Yeah. Good job. I'm working yeah. on that. I'm working on that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's see. What exactly is a good question? I, you know, I want since Daryl, uh, you're you don't seem to have too much of a formal philosophy background. Which, well, honestly, that doesn't make too much of a difference on this show. But because you're new <laughs> and it's the first time, your first form squeeze. Uh, why don't All you right. go? Ahead, why don't you go ahead and take a crack at this one? What exactly is a good question? What exactly is a good question? Yeah, a quote good question. Something that deepens and brings you more enrichment in life and takes takes your sense of life to a new new level. It's, cool. It's I like that answer. <laughs> and if it's not the same question you asked last time, it's even better. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Ask something new. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I know too many people that have that problem. Uh, <clears throat> all right. So answered by Daryl in episode eighty-seven. Fantastic. Um, uh, I want to. I want to do this one. Mm -hmm. I don't want to answer it, but I. I love the phrasing of it. Yeah. And by the, I love the phrasing of it. I mean the phrasing is terrible. <laughs> um, the question is: Is Stephen Gay? Just <laughs> kidding. Great show. The question is: Who would you like to have sex, and why all the people think about it all the time? I think I actually added more eloquence to that than is originally in the question. <laughs> No, that's that's pretty much it. Um, um, who would you like to have sex? Um, and, and I'm not going to say who would I like to have sex with because that's not what the question is. So I want to I want each of us to pick two people we would like to have sex because that's what the question means. Uh, all right. Um, who? Okay, let me let me think about this for a second. I, know, I gotta think about myself. I, I got one. Okay, I got go one. for it. Pat Robertson and a really flaming gay guy. Okay, go. cool. Just, just to teach him. Um, just to teach him the joy. 
because I love perpetuating beauty in the world, I'm going to say Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Amanda Seyfried. I- I'm okay with him, but you need to pick a better her. Oh, no. Come on. <laughs> Those eyes. Him? Okay, I'll go with him and Zoe Deschanel. Cause okay. I like, the, I like the brunette hotness. And things. and you really hate like how unresolved 500 Days of Summer was, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> There, there needs to be more stuff. I, I thought sure. 500 Days of Summer was a very good film, and I thought it did exactly what it should. Right. But yes. it, needed more, it needed more sex and nudity. It, and, <laughs> and they need children. They need beautiful children. Uh, anyways, uh, Daryl, your two people. Jeez, I, I've, I've drawn a blank here. I'm not sure who should be. I'm, lots of people should be having lots of sex. Okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good answer, too. Who do you Fair think, we, who would you like to have sex? The entire human race, so that we perpetuate we the go. species. There yes. we go. Very yeah. Very important. That is an excellent uh, answer. <laughs> I can't narrow it down to two. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'm, 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 I'm struggling myself with this one, um, but I want to I go the fictional character route. So I'm going to say, um, oh, who do I want? Oh, oh. I mean, I might launch a thousand um, slash fix with this one, but Buffy Summers and Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Oh, <laughs> man. Technically, those wouldn't be slash fix, but yes, that would hey. be a combination. What do you if think? you wrote Buffy slash Jean-Luc, it's slash fix in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> slash can still be uh, male-female. doesn't necessarily no, have to be. No, it's called het if it's male-female. It's oh, called okay. slash <laughs> All right. Trust me, trust me. I, I think in the fanfic <laughs> community, I know right. what I see. So that's that's my answer to that. Um, does anyone want to answer why all the people think about it all the time? Um, I'm because just gonna our say hormones. Brains are wired to want to procreate. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just gonna say hormones. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So uh, I th- I think that's let's just not even try to top that one. <laughs> 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 or or bottom it, you know, depending on your uh, <laughs> depending on your preference. All right. Well, it, it has been a fantastic episode, everyone. I want to thank you all for being on the show. And uh, Daryl, I, I know we sort of plugged uh, uh, Bitcoin bonus and uh, and Bitcoin Cambio, but uh, do you have it like a Twitter account or anything else that you'd like to uh, like people to follow you on? Yeah, I we are. I'm on Bitcoin bonus on Twitter. Would love to have some followers there, and I, I blog about all my Bitcoin related things through that site cool and uh kevin saunders are you still on the twitter webs yep twitter webs at uh, twitter.com slash kevsond cool and uh kiki uh i know you've told us before but uh what is it we can google again you can google voice of kiki if you oh, want to find it. okay cool. uh, you know you love hearing it <laughs> and uh you know i want to thank everybody for listening to the show if you do want to learn more about bitcoin start at the source bitcoin.org there's a great video there and you can download the bitcoin client and start uh you know getting your getting your bitcoin generation going immediately uh bitcoinminer.com uh my favorite bitcoin pool is deepbit.net uh, for those of you out there who would like to start mining. And uh, if you do want to uh, listen to the, the kind of technical details straight from the source, uh, that is the omegatalpodcast.net. 
Uh, we'll have links to all of these in the show notes, of course. And if you would like to donate to Bad Philosophy via Bitcoin, I am working on getting a uh, button to do that, but I will post a, uh, a hash or an address for receiving coins, and you can, uh, you can just copy that into your Bitcoin program and uh, transfer coins over to us if you would like to. I'll post that in the, uh, in the show notes and on the website. So, uh, you can thank- also advertise with us um, through Project Wonderful. Yes. I'm still trying to do that. We have ads uh, Operation, right... Operations, Operation Fabulous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, we have our Project Wonderful ad right on the uh, on the right side, right under the uh, Facebook uh, place. So, you know, everybody will see it when they, when they look at Facebook and then they'll look down at your ad. You can also follow us on Twitter at uh, twitter.com slash badphilosophy, and you can always leave questions for us for the forum squeeze at forumspring.me slash badphilosophy. Thank you all for listening. I hope you uh, embrace the the digital currency of the future. But if not, you know, that's cool. We're all right with that, too. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time on Bad Philosophy. I'm just trying to convince my stripper friends to put QR codes on their their costumes. Oh man! So yeah, so somebody could just go like, beep. Oh, here's your site. Dollars sticking out of you. (laughs) Yeah. That it could, yeah. Oh man, like that, and that is a really put good the, point. Put the QR like right on their ass. That's right. Do it over my ass. Is there yeah. currently a service out there that, Q- that... QR pasties? <laughs> Ooh, QR ah. pasties. There you go. Oh. Bring it on, hot. Because they do have circular QR codes. Yeah. Okay. And they do have square pasties. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Daryl, I, I do apologize. This is this is how our post show usually goes. So if you're, yeah, if you're just oh, kind of bring it on, if you're just kind of along for the ride at this point. <laughs> oh, I, I love it. This is great, guys. No, I appreciate what you're up to. Are you, do you still have beer? Have you have you run out yet? You still have good. <laughs> Keep it coming, because <laughs> the more you drink, the funnier we are. <laughs> <laughs> See, that should be our new tagline. <laughs> The more you drink, the funnier we are. Yep. Here we are. That's very true. <laughs> Isn't that also, true? Also, the more we drink, the funnier we think we are, too. Friday, Friday, getting down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Badphilosophy.com. Ha ha, I win at beer. <laughs>